All right, everyone. Welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast. My name is James. I'm your host. And today is episode 19. Now, because it's Thanksgiving soon, Thanksgiving's right around the corner, I wanted to take a moment to be grateful for my listeners, for anyone that's tuning into the podcast and listening to me ramble on about food history. I hope you've learned something and I hope you're enjoying the show. Today, we're going to talk all about pie and the history of pie. And I couldn't think of a better topic to talk about leading into Thanksgiving than, of course, pie. Now, for me, pie is not something that sticks only around Thanksgiving, okay? With pie, I'm often eating pie. I'm either buying it from the store or making it from scratch. I'm always trying to perfect the recipe. I'm always looking for my next favorite way to make the crust and trying to get creative with different fillings and toppings for my pies. So when I was thinking about possible episodes and and things that I could do, pie has been at the forefront of my thoughts for a long time now because it's always there. I'm always thinking about pie. So lucky you, you get to hear everything that I've been able to dig up on the history of pie. And then at the end here, I've got some really good fun facts about pie for everyone out there. And take good notes on those facts. You can dazzle your family and friends around the Thanksgiving table and and look really knowledgeable. That's always a good thing, right? So for me, pie is a big deal. I don't get a birthday cake every year. I get a birthday pie. It's what I request. It's what I love. Uh, cake is boring to me. And and maybe that's just because I haven't had a lot of good cake in my life. I don't know. But pie is always something special. It, it's something I can never really get sick of. If I'm sick of a certain flavor, I can mix it up super easy. There are no... There, there are endless combinations. There's no end to the, the different ways you can customize a pie. And, and really, the limit is your individual creativity. So when I think about pie, one of my favorite memories of pie is at, of course, Thanksgiving. I would always get super excited when I would hear that my grandma was coming to town for Thanksgiving because I knew she was going to bring a pecan pie. Now, with my grandma's pecan pie, it, it's legendary. I've posted the recipe on uh, on the blog at toastykettle.com, and I, I told her story on how she got it. My grandma's from Kentucky, so you know someone from Kentucky is going to have an idea or two or three on how to cook a good, uh, on how to bake a good pecan pie. Now, with my grandma's recipe, she got it from a fancy hotel in Louisville when she was a a girl in school. While she was there, she was able to get this recipe for pecan pie. And, uh, And that's something that she's just made every single year since. And I've had it many, many times in my life. And I will tell you, one of the one of the saddest moments in my life was when my grandma was coming. Uh, for Thanksgiving dinner, and she pulled up. I opened the door, ready to greet 
the pecan pie. I think I was more excited about the pie than grandma. Um, sorry, grandma, <laughs> but, uh, love you, grandma. But yeah, so I ran down the steps, wanted to lighten her load a little bit, grab that pie, carry it in the house for her. And I was raving about it. I'm like, oh, this pie is the best. It's always the best. Every year it's the best. As I'm eating my, my slice of pecan pie, she confessed that this year she stopped and bought it somewhere along the way. She didn't have time to make it. So I was a little sad, but that just goes to show you just how amazing this pie was and, and what a fixture it was in my life growing up. Now, because I love pie so much, I remember a few years ago, I made it my mission, my personal mission, my personal mission in life to perfect pie. So I thought I'd start with something very simple, like a chocolate cream pie. And, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't get much easier than that. Crust and chocolate pudding and some whipped cream. I wasn't even going to do the stovetop pudding. I was gonna do, going to do instant chocolate pudding. And, uh, and not only that, I thought that I would do this as a, an activity for a date. So I was going to try and impress a, a girl with my minimal knowledge of pie baking. So I had tried baking crusts, pie crusts before this, uh, point, and they would always kind of sink down into the pan, retract on along the edges, and you'd end up with almost like a pancake in the bottom of the pie plate. And I heard that you need pie weights to kind of keep the crust, uh, dispersed throughout the pie, pie pan and keep it weighted in place while it, it bakes. And so, I was doing research and I found that you can use pinto beans or even rice if you don't have pie weights. So what did I do? Brilliant. Great. Everyone has rice. When I show up tonight to make the pie, we will just use some rice that, that she has in her kitchen. So uh, fast forward to the evening. I'm there. We're, we're rolling out the crust. And we go to put it in the, the pie plate, and I said, wait, wait, we got to add the pie weights. Now, I've done some research, and I know that if you add rice, you can do that as an adequate substitute for pie weights. So I grabbed a couple handfuls of rice, and I just tossed them in the crust with everything else and uh, put it in the oven. Now... <laughs> I guess it failed to register with me that you need to enclose the rice in like a, a pouch, like a cheesecloth or something like that to, to keep it from uh, incorporating itself into your pie crust. Because I opened the oven when it was nearly time for the pie to come out, the crust to come out. And not only had it continued to recede back into the pie plate, so I'm still having the problem that I'm dealing with frequently. Uh, but now I have a bunch of uh, hard, uncooked grains of rice that have also baked into this crust. So this was a little bit of an embarrassment, big problem. Uh, we laughed, we tried to get the rice out the best we could, and then <laughs> put the chocolate pudding in and and tried to salvage the pie. It wasn't one of my uh, more proud moments in life, but Anyway, um, I learned a lot from that experience. Now, some home cooks at this point, at this stage in the game, would throw in the towel. Uh, after such an embarrassment, it, it would just 
be uh, foolish to keep trying, right? Not me. I took this as a challenge. It was a personal challenge. I had to succeed. Since then, I've successfully mastered pie, many varieties of pie. Uh, I make amazing pie. It's my humble brag. (laughs) I make savory pies, sweet pies. I've done pies for the blog, double crust, single crust, you name it, I've done it. I love pie. So that is why I'm going to dive into the history behind some pie. And I thought the best place to start when talking about pie is with the word pie. Where does the word pie come from? Now, in a lot of vintage cookbooks that I've looked through for different pie recipes from the 1700s and early 1800s, they spell it uh, P-Y-E. They don't spell it P-I-E like we do today. And there are actually a lot of theories on where the word pie came from. And one of them really stood out to me. I like it the best. It's what I'm going to go with. And uh, long story short, there's no conclusive, definitive, this is where the word came from. But this is what I'm going to go with because it just makes a lot of sense. So a a lot of people will say that the term, the word pie came from the bird magpie. So magpies, we've all heard of magpies. And uh, magpies are known for collecting all sorts of odds and ends into their nest. So like a magpie's nest, in medieval times, pies contained everything but the kitchen sink. They contained all sorts of odds and ends. So think about it. Today we might have a chicken pot pie where you have chicken, uh, a gravy or a cream sauce, peas, carrots, potatoes, onions, seasonings, herbs, spices, uh, or even like fruit pies, some fruit pies. Uh, You might throw in a number of different spices and even multiple different kinds of fruit into one single pie. So in medieval times, they would do the same thing. They'd put all kinds of meats and veggies into a pie and, uh, and, and call it dinner. And one recipe that I made from the 1700s, it was a, a pie recipe for uh, beef and oyster pie, which if you're going to make this one from the blog, uh, leave out the oysters. Being in Utah, I do not have access to fresh oysters. So I use the refrigerated jar ones that you can buy in the meat department with the other seafood. And I don't know if it was just the oysters or if it was the combination of the beef with the oysters, but it just, it didn't work. It it was not good. Don't, don't do that. And <laughs> don't throw oysters in your beef pie. Um, unless you like odd flavor combinations, then by all means go for it. Um, Now, going deeper into the history, pie seems to stretch way back to early Rome, and a lot of people will say that the Romans actually got it from the Greeks. So ancient Greeks really, you know, they while they're inventing all their mathematical formulas and equations and philosophy, they also were inventing pie. So clearly this was a civilization and a culture that knew what was good in life, and they were going to pursue it. Now, fruit pies came on the scene in the 1500s in England. They take credit for making the first cherry pie, and it was served to Queen Elizabeth I. Pie came to America with the English settlers and evolved over the years to where it is today. 
Now, you can look at the different regions in the country where you have different pies that have become uh, local landmarks for different states and cities and towns across the country. And that really stretches back to the history. I mean, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different countries throughout the world, the Dutch, the French, the English, uh, were making pie. And as a result, when they all immigrated to the United States, they brought their inspirations, their flavors, their combinations, their methods to pie baking in the United States. And so, you know, the French, they brought pies that uh, were had a lot of butter, uh, baking pies with butter and making tarts. And the Swedish immigrants brought berry pies and the Dutch brought very aromatic apple pies and aromatic spiced pies. Um, you know, today pie in the United States has evolved to something that is really distinctly American. Uh, You'll get different variations throughout the world Uh, Different countries are going to have different pies and different takes on pie, but there's nothing quite like a slice of apple pie or a slice of peach pie. And, and the way we do it here, it's just, it's second to none. You know, I've, I've traveled to different places in the world. I've had different uh, pastry pockets and tarts and, and pies throughout the world, but it really, they, they, (laughs) To, to put it bluntly, in America, we're sugar happy, so we just throw all sorts of sugar and good stuff into that pie. So they're rich, they're decadent, full of flavor, full of creativity, and uh, and it's really a, just a great treat that I will eat at any point in the day or in my life. So that's it for the history of pie. Now I want to do some interesting pie facts. So... Interesting fact, in England, pie used to be illegal. In 1644, Oliver Cromwell decided pie was a pagan form of pleasure and banned it. So to be clear, this wasn't a ban on all pie. Rather, it was a ban on Christmas celebrations and food that was often associated with them. And mince pies fell under that umbrella. 16 years later, they lifted the ban. Um, there is an annual strange pie competition. I think it's in California. I was trying to find the location of it. And, um, anyway, it started in 2010 and (laughs) this is where I feel like a bunch of people just get drunk and throw whatever they have in their car into a pie crust and call it food. That's how some of these combinations sound to me. So for example, some of these combinations, a blueberry jalapeno sausage and goat cheese pie a salmon salad pie, a pickle peanut butter and yogurt pie, a cream of freak pie. Now, cream of freak contains hot sauce cream with Cheetos, Nescafe, mango. There's Casey pie, which is rhubarb, M&M's, zucchini, peanut butter, macaroni, tater tots, sardines, and lifesavers. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous and disgusting, but uh, it exists, and that's awesome that people enjoy getting crazy and weird with pie. They are my people. Um, Shakespeare has killed off two characters with pie, and the form of death was being baked into a pie. 
36 million Americans will say that apple pie is their favorite. 6 million American men aged 35 to 54 have eaten the last slice of pie and denied it. I may or may not be in that category. One in five Americans have eaten an entire pie by themselves. I have definitely been in that category. Not always in one sitting, but it's not uncommon for me to bake a pie or go buy a pie and eat it through the next several days. And uh, a simple search on Reddit will show that, um, that that statistic is valid. I actually think it's going to be higher than one in five Americans because, I mean, people that were discovering new flavors like strawberry rhubarb, um, they've made it very clear that while everyone else was eating the pumpkin pie, they were pounding the strawberry rhubarb, and now they're no longer allowed to eat strawberry rhubarb until everyone has a slice first, and on and on. 113 million Americans have eaten pie for breakfast. Personally, I can't think of a better breakfast. 32% of Americans prefer no crust on the top of their pie. I don't know what is wrong with these people because fruit pies are some of the best thing on the planet. I guess a crumble on top doesn't really count as a crust on top. That might be a gray area with that statistic, but... You can definitely get behind a good solid bottom crust and then fruit filling and then crumble on top. So I can understand that. 90% of Americans believe that a slice of pie represents one of the simplest pleasures in life. Absolutely. It doesn't get much better than a nice summer evening in the shade with a cool glass of lemonade or milk and a slice of pie. 18% of American men will say that their wife makes the best pie. Only 2% of women say their husband makes the best pie. So come on, men, we can do this. Pie can be a great way of determining personality. So this is an interesting thing from, uh, from the internet that I found. If you love apple pie, you're likely to describe yourself as independent, realistic, and compassionate. If pecan pie is more of your style, then you are thoughtful and analytical. Chocolate pie as your favorite would mean that you're loving, and pumpkin pie means that you're funny and independent. Now, I like all of those except for pumpkin. <laughs> Little known fact about me, I am not a huge fan of pumpkin pie. I think for me it's more of a textural thing where it's just smooth custard and often a soggy crust. You could say that I might not have had a really good pumpkin pie and that's why I don't like it but um, I've been coming around I, I crave a bite or two of pumpkin pie every year and uh, so I guess for me I love all of those maybe minus pumpkin pie so I'm, I'm going to be a realistic compassionate analytical thoughtful loving and mildly funny and independent person based on my pie preferences. More than a third of Americans have eaten pie in bed. Um, now, like I've established firmly at the start of this show that pie is one of my favorite foods. I can't honestly say that I have eaten pie in bed, but I'm kind of anti-eating in bed because I don't want to invite bugs and critters into my bed. So yeah, I haven't done that one. More than a third of Americans have craved pie in the middle of the night. 
Uh, I crave pie almost all the time, so I can definitely relate to that. Wealthy English were known for surprise pies, where you'd cut into a pie and an animal would pop out. Uh, Yeah, that would definitely surprise me if I was cutting into a pie and then a bird popped out. Uh, Yeah, Uh uh-huh. So there are some states around the country that have established pie as their state dessert, their official state dessert. Uh, Key lime pie is the official state pie of Florida. Peach pie is surprisingly the state pie of Delaware. Now, you're probably thinking Georgia, right? The peach state. But no, Delaware is actually a major producer of peaches. I did not know that until I was researching for this episode. And uh, recently they made it official. Peach pie is now their state pie. Vermont has officially adopted apple pie. Um, I had some family members go to Vermont recently, and they say there's apples and apple cider in everything in Vermont this time of year. So I can definitely understand that. Um, And then Boston cream pie is the official dessert of Massachusetts. And I will be quick to point out, like every single website will point out that I was researching that Boston cream pie is not pie, it's cake. So uh, confusing terminology, but it's still delicious. So we'll, we'll let it slide. $700 million in pies are sold every year in grocery stores. And that's just grocery stores. That's not not counting uh, price-saving warehouses, price clubs, um, restaurants. That's only grocery stores. If you lined up all of those pies sold in U.S. grocery stores, they they would circle the globe and then some. Pumpkin pie was first introduced at the second Thanksgiving in 1623, and likely because it was one of the available ingredients they could readily grow. In the 1800s, pie was a common breakfast food eaten before the start of the day, which, again, is something that I can absolutely definitely get behind. So that's all I have for today. We're going to keep it short and sweet. Hope you learned something about pie and the history of pie and uh, learn some different pie facts. Long story short, Americans eat a lot of pie, and we have a lot of very strong opinions on what makes a good pie. So when you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table today, uh, not today, in a couple weeks, when you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table in a couple weeks enjoying some pie, think back on some of these pie facts, dazzle your family and friends, and let them know where you learned those facts. Let them know about the show. That's really going to help people find uh, the Toasty Kettle podcast and and help grow our audience. I always appreciate it when you can reach out and do that. So I don't have anything from the kitchen today. I want everyone to be safe and have a happy Thanksgiving. Make sure you express gratitude for the people in your life and make sure you eat some delicious pie. I'm always interested to know what are maybe some traditional pies in your families that that you make. Um, for me, pecan pie is, is one that we always have at Thanksgiving and pumpkin pie. But doing my research, I found a lot of really interesting pies available out there in the world. So I'd love to hear some of those different combinations. Go to toastykettle.com. You can comment on the article there. 
Uh, you can also hit me up on Facebook at Toasty Kettle or on Twitter at Toasty Kettle or Instagram at Toasty Kettle. And uh, let me know what's your favorite pie. What does your family eat at Thanksgiving when it comes to pie? Maybe you avoid it altogether. Maybe you fully embrace some of these really weird, crazy combinations that we've talked about. So let me know. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks. Thanks.